Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Formula One Fans UK podcast. I'm Reese, and I'm joined by... Chris. Dan. And Tim. In this episode, we'll be looking back at the unveiling of the team's 2021 cars and looking ahead to pre-season testing. Most importantly, how's everyone doing today? I'm doing well, mate. Doing Not, bad. Right. Not bad. Doing good. Let's get straight into it then. We'll start off with reigning champions Mercedes. What were your thoughts, Chris? Well, I thought they had a, a nice launch for a start. Nice, simple, inexpensive. And it was very fan-focused, I thought. I thought the car looked fantastic. Um, front wing, particularly. Um, was looking quite sharp, even though we all know it's not going to be the front wing they're going to run with. The body is very shapely. Um, Shapely. I call is, that it shapely. is that is that a reference to the sexy bulge? If it was this sexy point? bulge, yes. <laughs> engine. Um, very inquisitive to know what's going on with the floor. Um, yeah, they quite clear at the time that they didn't want to show anybody the floor. But I question if they're hiding something on the floor, or if they're using the floor to detract from something else. Ooh. Perhaps Ooh. with their engines. Um, what's, what's taking focus away by making people look towards the floor? Like, if you noticed on the launch, the floor was all lit up underneath. And my eyes, I didn't, I see, I, I didn't think of it like that. I just thought they were like, yeah, we've got some nice, sexy under car lighting like we do in the, like in the right. shows and stuff. You know, you know, Chris, Chris, Chris is thinking they're being a bit more strategic when they're trying to hide stuff. I am, because if you think about it, over the years when they've released their cars, when have they ever focused on a part and said, we're not showing you this? Why did anybody do that? I will back up Chris's theory somewhat there. The rest of the launch was very simple and didn't use much stage lighting or extra lighting around the outside of the car which you thought if you were trying to show off a, a new livery, and it looks fantastic, by the way, the new part of the car is, yeah, that there wasn't much lighting around the outside of the car. It's mainly an underlighting, which yeah. I hadn't really thought about until Chris brought it up, but it's a very good point that they could have been trying to draw your attention to the fact they haven't shown you to the floor to maybe not put the focus on other areas that they might have improved or had a technique to improve the car on. I, I just hope they run that neon lighting in night races. I think that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, um, see, because I I like I like that when they did it on the on the NASCAR races. The for the, race. Yeah, the yes. All Star race. Yeah, I I really liked it. I think it's just because it's take you back to that uh, Need for Speed two days where you whack the neon lighting <laughs> under the car and just go just go crazy for it. It's, I I did I did really like it. The one thing I did like um, from the launch. Um, looking at the, the paint scheme, um, obviously they took away all the stars, replaced it with AMG down the side, and they've kept the one red star for Nicky just behind the driver's head. Yeah, because I, I, I think last year I, I said to Chris, I was like, Chris, I can't see the star. And it was I was looking at a really low, really low, low, low or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Really bad image. And I, and I, I got really like upset about it. I was like, really? So we're going to do this, and then we're not doing it again. I'm glad we're like this. I'm glad they've continued it on. Yeah. Not, not so much just for Nikki, but just for the fact of fact of like everybody 
that it, that 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 star kind of like represented the same as it's it's the same as when they put all the um they put all the names on the oh, what was it uh he drove for Red Bull the last it was his Coulthard, last uh, season Coulthard's car yeah and then he just crashed out in the first race so it's pretty yeah, first time yeah. <laughs> yeah first yeah first yeah not in the first lap like, se- like second corner yeah taking taking it from one Red Bull guy <laughs> to the modern Red Bull uh Red Bull released their car same livery really. Uh, except for it's got no Aston Martin sponsorship. It's got Honda across the back wing. Um, I mean, the car looks pretty much the same, but the front of it, the nose is, is angry looking. I love that about it. And I think if there is, we always say it's about Red Bull, but if there is someone who's going to change Mercedes, I think it's going to be that car this season. The, um, the one thing I took out of Aston Martin, Aston Martin, getting ahead of myself, out of Red Bull's launch, was they were running the RB16 at the shakedown, the same day as they ran the RB16B. And any photos that were released were of the RB16 and not of the new car. So they have not shown anybody what the back of the car looks like. So questionable again with the Mercedes before, have Red Bull found something at the rear? I think that it does relate a lot back to this idea that the rear of the floor has to have a lot less in it this year um it's something that we haven't come onto yet with the aston martin car that they actually have re-diverted little winglets in front of their rear tires which was a part of the area that was covered up on the mercedes and has not been shown on at all for the red bull yet so you do wonder if teams have got a bit innovative with their rear end of their chassis to try and make up for some of the rear floor aero that has been lost. I just hope for for um, Red Bull's sake, Honda hasn't lifted off the gas. Um, well, this is the thing. The, the problem with them, they were like, they were all geared up. They were doing well, you know, they were trying to get going and they were making ways. And then they were just like, the team's like, nah, see you later. And then, it, yeah, like Chris, I, I hope they haven't kind of lost their headspace in continuing. Because they can see a way out. They're so yeah. consistent in IndyCar. Yeah. You know, they've been a force in IndyCar for years with Chevy. So I don't yeah. know why they keep bouncing in another Formula One. Yeah, but I think a lot of it's got to do with the with the fact that the Formula One teams, they're so demanding, aren't they? On like their parts, uh, their engines, their wheel, you know, like everything. It's I think that's a lot of pressure. Whereas I think Indy One's more that American laid back, like, you know, it's all kind of a bit more uniform out there, isn't it? Yeah, but with Indy, they're not as tight with the engines. You know, they get a lot more engines per season, especially, you know, oh, yeah. month of May. They're, they're running a lot more engines, whereas we're going to be down to, is it going to be two or three this season? Three, three this season. Three, yeah, three, yeah. We're going to be down to three, three, three engines for this season. Three engines for four cars I think the door's open there for someone else to come in if it's well even even this week there has been talk of was it Porsche looking at engines in the future well Porsche Porsche running a team but also Porsche running engines as a engine manufacturer and you wonder (laughs) how long Red Bull are going to be able to fund the project of their own engines there's a very, if Formula One goes hydrogen in the future, I think there's a great chance of teams like uh, Audi and Porsche coming in 
with that technology because they'll have a head start with what's happening in WEC. I think it's disappointing that they couldn't persuade Aston Martin to become a full engine manufacturer again. Because if you had Aston Martin Red Bull alongside the Aston Martin factory team, they could have been quite a potent partnership. Yeah, so uh, with that, let's move on to Aston Martin then. It didn't run so smoothly on the launch, but Dan, what were your thoughts on the car? I like the car. I really like the car. I haven't liked a car this much since they changed the Mercedes back in like 2017, 18, I think it was. It it looks nice. I'm not going to lie. I don't like the BWT all over it, the same as what it was before, because it just every time I see it, I think BWT, it just, I, I want it to be pink. I, I, I just, I don't know why. But the fact that they've managed to like get like JCB, Peroni and things like that, and I, I think it's a good investment in the team. So I think, yeah, as a car, it looks it looks pretty good. Um, and I, I like the launch. I'm going to be honest, I've only recently watched the launch video back. Um, and yeah, I liked it. But it just reminds me, it, it just looks like a catering. I don't know why. Uh, the car and their um, <laughs> and their and their like their suits and all that sort of stuff. It just looks catering. I, I can't get it. I just can't get it out of my head. I, I really can't. But on a whole, it's a lovely car. I like the front wing. It it looks like it's going to need a bit of development in it, in it. To be fair, it doesn't look anywhere near the like the top teams. If I'm honest. The question yeah. is: Is the 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 Aston Martin for this season last year's Mercedes? It looks like it. the nose, especially. Yeah. yeah. The front of that car is very 2020 Mercedes. Yeah. However, but, um, in difference to the Mercedes, Autosport did a very good video on some of the differences to last year's Mercedes that are more visible. You have that the side plates on the front wings are a lot higher. It slips stay a lot higher to meet the end plates at a higher point. You also, as I was mentioning earlier, they are a team that have shown the back floor of their car. And they have some, some very interesting, what look like air ducts that are designed to push the air around the rear tyres, almost at a 90 degree angle, because of their lack of being able to divert the air from the rear tyres away from the floor. Yeah. But do you think they've kind of just followed on from the fact that they basically had a 2019 Mercedes in 2020? I know they don't have their full wind tunnel up and running yet, but they are investing in developing more of their own parts and more of their Mm. own aerodynamics. And I think there are aspects of the car that you can see that is coming through. There are probably things that have been taken from the Mercedes. The narrowness of the nose and the bulge at the end of the nose is very similar to a last year's Mercedes, I'll admit. Mm. Um, but Mercedes have had the best car for several years and there are always oh, yeah, going to be yeah. aspects of the best car 100%. that you can't blame them for wanting to try and replicate to get the best package. Well, if you think about it, without the points deduction they had last year, admittedly for copying mm. the Mercedes brake ducts, they would have finished third ahead of McLaren. Yeah. And I think a replication of that result should, well, uh, even an improvement from fourth to third should be their target for this season, depending on what mm. Ferrari do, because we don't know what this Ferrari upgraded engine is going to bring, whether it's going to bring them back to the front. With that, we'll quickly yeah. move on to Ferrari, I guess, just briefly. They've not released their car yet, not doing that till next week, but they did unveil their team. It's a pretty pointless exercise, really, considering we all know that it's Leclerc and Sainz driving the car and Binotto is the team principal. Uh, did anyone bother watching the team unveiling or 
but they're not interested. I didn't. I, can't I, I have we, Italian. We, we all kind of knew. It was cold. It was a pointless PR exercise, really. I think very few people wasted their time watching it. I mean, yeah, it I was kind of what it's come like. Just... Are, are they running late or have they got something they don't want to show? That's my that's my question. I think it's just Ferrari being Ferrari, isn't it? They don't work to everyone else's timescales. They work to their own. They're just Italian and they want to be dramatic. Do we know if they're doing their launch in Bahrain then? If their launch is only two days before the... Yeah, it has to be in the front of the garage. Yeah, because they can't... They won't be able to ship all of the Bahrain, all of the car parts from Bahrain. And most teams at this point in the season will not have two complete cars ready... They could two do sets a, of every aero. They could do a pre-recorded launch. They yeah, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if it's an online unveiling or something that's yeah. pre-recorded. Although, when you think about the two young drivers that they've got that are both very interactive with their fans, I think that would be poor on a fan's part if they, because I haven't seen that they've offered any opportunity for fans to be part of their launch. And they've got two young drivers who are very active on social media. They're very popular amongst the internet age, and especially with fans not being able to travel to anything like testing or I suspect the first few races from you. You can travel to the, they've announced today you can travel to Bahrain if you have recovered from COVID or have been vaccinated fully. That was the news today that broke. Hmm. Interesting. There's a good chance we'll have some fans, but some fans at Bahrain is probably quite a small amount considering it doesn't get the greatest turnout anyway. Going from one strange online in unveiling, go to a, another one to Williams, which uh, had planned for a augmented reality release, but that was ruined by hackers. I was really looking forward to that. Of course, it was hackers. Yeah, of course it was. Hackers. It wasn't at all Williams <laughs> being unprepared like they usually are. Um, <laughs> the app was up and running. Right, you know, I had the app a couple of days ago. I mean, the app was Can- up; it was just not working, Can- and it was. Can we also point out that that was a blessing in disguise because yeah, their car yeah, looks it ghastly. <laughs> it is. It, the, the, the design team was clearly on furlough when they were meant to be doing that. It was just... I, I, I don't even think they were on furlough. I think they were just in another complete different zone and they panicked and let one of their five-year-old kids do it for homework. That's a bit... <laughs> um, I would also point out that I suspect that the fabled Rich Energy, who had been bragging that they had an F1 sponsorship deal, that car looks like a car where the livery might have had to be redesigned at a very late stage. And yeah, if you wonder if a deal has fallen really... through at a late stage for a sponsorship deal, especially given the lack of a title sponsor on the side of the car. Yeah, um, it's very, very open, isn't it? That There's a big space before you hit the Williams logo and, and the Lavasta logo. It's, it, it's yeah. not like very open. where they, they just stick Haas on the side of it. It's Oh, yeah. That's it, yeah. It's, it's, it's lacking something. It's it's clear yeah. it's lacking something. Richard, yeah, even... like to make their presence felt in a big way whenever they show off their sponsorship on a car. Mm. Uh, yeah. Surprise me on the first day of testing for their, for their being a, bit, a big presentation and mm. something coming out. Who was that for, sorry, Chris? For Williams, we're a generation. For Williams. Oh, for, yeah, but, but all right, I'm not being funny. Do they really want to get burnt the same way that 
Was it Lewis? Was it? It was Lewis. It was half. It was half. And the thing is, why would you want to go and get sponsored by Rich Energy, who publicly who really slammed get you off in the past again. by saying, when they were sponsoring Haas, we sponsored a team to compete at the front, not to compete with Williams. Why would you funny, but like, that? How, how about just competing to be like known as a brand for a drink? That might be a start. That's true. <laughs> there's, <laughs> when's I mean, the last there's, time you were a There's Red Bull, there's Monster, there's the 25p once you get down your news agents, and then maybe yeah. there's Rich Energy. No, but you've got Relentless. You've got. Relent. Uh, I'm, I should I'm, say I'm sure none of these it. companies are sponsoring this podcast, so we shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We, 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 are, we are in no way affiliated with uh, any of these drink companies, but if they would like to. You know, yeah, if yeah. they would like to sponsor us, yeah, if the CEO of Rich Energy yeah. is listening and wants to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> more than happy. More than happy. We've had to say about Ferrari already. We're already getting a cease and desist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you not speak about the car now. That's what you know. The car is it's ready. It's ready. It's ready. It's in garage. Yeah. Uh, just jumping back to Ferrari quickly while we're doing impressions of Bonotto has anyone seen the video that surfaced of Michael Schumacher in his driving days talking you down the line of the Ferrari pit wall and a very young Matteo Bonotto being terrified of the camera as you reached them <laughs> very shy terrified going on to another launch another launch that didn't run too smoothly if you watched it was Alpine the car I'll let Tim give his thoughts on that one. But the, the launch itself was as jumpy and just didn't work. And it was a disaster, really, from the start in terms of a launch oh, with Alonso being stuck in another country, of course, missing his, uh, his slot to be able to fly to the launch, given his recent accident in Switzerland. We know Fernando's fine. He's going to be there at testing, which is great news. But the car itself, Tim, what do you make of the, uh, the Acrofresh livery? I feel like the Acrofresh livery is a bit of a harsh concept aquafresh has a white base rather than a blue base to start off with (laughs) (laughs) i found it very interesting that when they were talking us through they said that the red white and blue was to represent not only the french flag but the british engineering in the car as well which i found is a very they haven't really they can tell us that it's the english part that fell when it ends up in the pit lane on fire that's what they're saying (laughs) Uh, they, well, they ended last season very, very strongly, didn't they? With um, Ricardo with a couple of podiums and Ocon seemed to find a bit of consistency in the second half of the season, which... I think it took Ocon half a season just to sort of bear in, didn't it? Yeah, it, it did. It took and, too long. Sorry. Yeah, you say that it took him too long. I don't think it really did. I think that we've seen in recent years a lot of times with drivers who have come back from year or two breaks and not been able to hit the ground running. And I think Hulkenberg is an exception to the rule, but like the rest of them, the rest of the Kimi did come back coming here. back as well. Kimi came back and was very strong. I mean, when you're when you're Fernando Alonso's teammate, you, you're measuring yourself against the best. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's I it. Saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do feel like the Alpine car is very, potentially because of the livery change and the difference in the livery. It makes it quite hard to judge where the small gains have been made from the pictures that they've released so far. It Judge. felt like a car that had more time spent on its livery, or three liveries, I think it was, it totaled two in the end. Yeah, then I it, remember seeing like an all-black one. Was it all black? It was all yeah, black. That, that was, was what they used livery. for the launch of the Al- Alpine brand, because Renault... Because I really liked that one. I, I preferred... I, I don't know if it's because it's just 
like that simple kind of design they had. I liked that more than this one, like a lot more than this one. Moving on to, uh, well, from Daniel Ricciardo's former team to his new team, McLaren. Uh, they've had to radically redesign the rear because of the new power unit they're getting. Chris, what are your thoughts on the car? I like it. I like it a lot. It's a thing of beauty. It is, it is a stunning <laughs> car. Sleek. They have done an amazing job on the front end. It's could be really narrow, really indie car style front end. I think they've worked well, tucking the um, the Mercedes engine in. I hope they haven't got it in too tight. That's that's my only concern because we know the Mercedes tend to run hot. Yeah, there yeah, was a, there do, was yeah. a comment. There was a comment from James Allison in the Mercedes launch. Um, in the full interview that he gave, which mentioned that they had had to account for extra cooling ducts, and that was part of the reason that their car was so much wider, higher up in the car at the back. Do you, do you think that's what those side pods up by the cockpit are, like the kind of air ducts? Potentially, what, p- potentially, yeah. yes. There's two, potentially. The, there's two, isn't there, the sat on the side and then the main one? Yeah, but it, it, it definitely is a beautiful car, though. You can't, you can't, you, you can't fault that. It what, looks what McLaren have done as well very nice. this season is they've pulled off a massive amount of sponsors. Yes, they have oh, done. Yeah. Yes, that is the beauty of having Zach Brown in your yeah. team because he, he has negotiated sponsors up and down the grid. I'm not sure if anyone's listened to the Beyond the Grid podcast with um, which it was just by the by F1 with Zach Brown. It was a phenomenal listen just hearing how he's. He negotiated deals for Ferrari for McLaren before his time there when it's Ron Dennis. He's done an amazing job. And it's no surprise, really, that you see that car and you're like, there are sponsors everywhere. The driver's farces look like Google's threw up on them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I think that um, I am personally someone who, in the first two or three years, when they were coming out of that Honda deal, when Zach Brown came in there, I very much doubted Zach Brown. And he had the belief and confidence that they could go on and be a podium race winning team under him. And for a long time, I was especially one person. And I think there were a lot of fans who didn't really believe in the vision that he had. But my goodness, how wrong was I? (laughs) And those fans who really didn't believe in him back at four or five years ago when they took the decision to leave Honda. And yes, Honda has improved since then. But do we think that that McLaren would have been as far up the grid as third in the championship and getting a couple of podiums under that Honda engine? I don't think so under the partnership. It was a business move to split from Honda and I think it helped them retain a lot of sponsorship. I think it helped they both stayed, parties. If they stayed with Honda, there was no promise that they would not fall further and further down to the back of the grid. And then you look like Williams or Haas who struggled to attain sponsorships. You know, McLaren outdrove their cars last season, especially in the initial races in Austria. Lando oh, of course. Was exceptional. Yeah. Lando on those final oh, laps. Last lap, Lando. <laughs> yeah, what they've done with the engine mates is gained, but. And that car got stronger and stronger throughout the season. They were the team I thought progressed the most throughout the season last year. I think them and AlphaTauri. I was going to say them yeah. and Renault. Oh, yeah. I think AlphaTauri peaked mm. in the middle of the season and they actually had a fall off towards the end of the season. Uh, maybe, there's, but I think the fall off is always anticipated in some sense where, when you think you're past your best races for the car you're past your best tracks and then I mean that's the end of the season was uh, it got a bit crazy I mean the weather in Turkey was 
there was an ice rink really. And after that season was done, we got to we got towards the back end of the season in the Middle East. And if it didn't suit your car, you didn't really uh, didn't really go for it. But Gasly was phenomenal, and I'm looking forward to seeing him again this season. Um, yeah, but how do you think he's gonna um, stand up against uh, Yuki? I think Yuki Tsunoda is a saving grace for both Red Bull and AlphaTauri. I think Yuki Tsunoda is a huge, but Yuki Tsunoda is a huge part of why they've been able to attain the uh, the technical agreement with Honda to take those engines over. But I think it's also going to see Honda push this season, not take their foot off the gas, because they want their driver to have hmm. good results. I say their Monza win was clearly handed down by the Italian gods. <laughs> <laughs> Not to take it away from Gasly, you know, he drove when he had to. But um, they had a great looking car and they've got a great looking car again this year. Well, I mean, that's. I love the inverted livery. I really do like it. I I feel the livery is great, but the the whole car release, it was a. It made the car look like an expensive fashion accessory to promote the Croving brand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just looked. Bland. It just has what is it? This alpha, 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 all the way across. Essentially, like literally, this is in line. Lines, alpha, alpha fashion, <laughs> alpha. Like, oh, and this, and oh, and let's just accidentally put a Honda logo at the bottom because we forgot to it's, give them enough room. It's more. <laughs> it's almost as obvious as the AMG on the back of the Mercedes. I don't like it. I, really I don't, don't like it either. I know. I know. Chris, I, I don't like, it. like it, but I, I don't. I don't like that. I, it's. It's another one where you could say, "Oh, the designers were on furlough because they they, they almost look rushed at the back." It's like, "Oh, what are we going to put in place of the stars?" They could have they could have took the AMG off and just left it with black fade yeah. and silver. Can I also say an interesting thing about the Alpha Tauri? Um, well, their shakedown runs. Um, both Sonoda's practice in previous Formula One cars and their shakedown runs have all been run at Imola, which is of course going to be the second race of the season. So they are going to have data coming into that weekend from running their 2021 car there that no other team would have run their new car at that circuit. Mm. And we saw what having run at Imola in the early part of last year did for their advantage when we came to Imola this season. So it's a potential for a good early season result for them if they can carry the data forward that they've had from effectively having two extra testing sessions in the last year at Imola, full days of testing. Going, going from one team who had an inverted livery to another one, uh, Alfa Romeo. <laughs> they uh, that, the car was unveiled in Poland with Kubica's number, and it, it was a very much a launch that was aimed at keeping all in happy. It, it was a very sponsor heavy launch. I mean, there was like a cake and everything. It was it was like look at how happy we are with our sponsors, rather than look how happy we are with our car. I mean. Yeah, there was the cliche in the launch of if it looks fast, it probably is fast. But you get that in every car launch. And th- there didn't feel like there was enough attention on the car in the launch compared to what other teams put in. I thought their launch was a joke, to be honest. I thought Ferrari yeah. had a better launch. Well, I'm, I'm just hoping Ferrari have uh, just a launch. That'll be, that'll, <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll be good. Because let's face it, like if they go anywhere the same as what the online digital download one went, it's, and they get hacked. It's not going to go well. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sorry, right? But who, as a hacker, sits there and thinks, do you know what we should do? Let's hack William. Let's hack a 20 and a 19th place grid car so no one can see it. I, th- I think if we... Um, I think maybe we need to uh, direct the 
uh, uh, accusations at at Rich Energy CEO. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't want to do. I don't want to jeopardise our future sponsorship. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. sorry, Rich Energy. We love you. William Story. Your drink is phenomenal. <laughs> Even though uh, none of us have had it. But no. But getting back to their car, it's <laughs> it's a bland looking car. It, I originally I thought oh someone's accidentally whacked a Welsh dragon on the back. What are they doing? <laughs> like it's it's that bland and just it, it, I'm sorry. It's the only worse car than this livery is the Williams, and that shouldn't really be a comparison. Oof, it I, really is. I don't know when we get onto our final team. Uh, I, I personally, I, I personally quite. I personally agree that the Alfa Romeo livery is not the best. No, it's not car. the best, but I wouldn't call it the I wouldn't call it the second worst livery out there. Uh, I, yeah. I give that I give that honor to Haas, and uh, I mean, it's not the. I mean, yeah, we talk about keeping the sponsors happy at Alfa uh, Alfa Romeo. It isn't the biggest move by a team to get their sponsors happy with uh, America's F1 team having a very Russian livery. Uh, so Russian that today the uh, the news broke that the World Anti-Doping Agency is investigating the livery following the ban on athletes competing under the Russian flag. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this mess, guys? I think if you throw enough money at a situation, it's going to make it happen. And I think that Russian flag's there to stay. Yeah, it I mean, is, it, This is something that has gone through the highest level of sporting court of law, the court of arbitration. It's gone through appeals. It, it's, and it is because it's state-sponsored. That was the doping ban that got in place. It mm. wasn't that it was just the individual athletes choosing to dope. It was systematic doping throughout a whole network of sports, individuals, coaches, trainers that were sponsored by the government to try and give them unfair advantages. It's it's not just a, it's, it's yeah, not just a one driver, one one group of athletes or athletes decided to dope. You don't see it from any other team, though. That's the thing, and uh, I mean, you don't you don't see a massive Italian flag anymore on the back of the. And it used to be on the rear wing, I know. But are, are we saying that we don't have a big? Are we saying we don't have a big French flag on the Alpine? Exactly. We have yeah, a big, it, well, we have, exactly. If you were going to do, if if Haas were going to do what they did to keep their Russian sponsors happy, they should have done it in the way that Alpine did it. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, when you put the big red outline across, around the flag, it, it, you could have got away with it if you didn't have that big red outline. But this just looks like something that they're going to be told you need to change that livery. And when they do, our uh, our sponsors, Rich Energy, will be there waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no. just to point well, on the actual livery, Williams out of a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, on the point of the actual livery itself, if you if you take away the fact of the reason that it is there and the driver who is there behind that livery and the reason that they're mm. sponsoring that livery because of that driver, I actually quite like the livery and I'm quite happy to say that. I think it's quite a nice livery. When you look at the, you look at the liveries that we've got a season, you know, you look at the Mercedes, the Red Bull, the Aston Martin, the, the McLaren, you know, the, we have got such a good lineup of liveries this season. And then you throw Williams and Haas, in at the back, and it's, it just gives you an ugly back end, doesn't it? It's I, I don't yeah I, I don't I know you like everything, but I, I I really don't I just I, I I think we were talking the other day and we were saying drivers in their careers 
everyone goes back to their first delivery. If Mick Schumacher goes forth and has a very successful career, this is going to be looked back at as his first livery. You, you look at the, the F1 game this season with Michael Schumacher and you've got the Michael Schumacher edition and you, you can drive his green Benetton. Jordan. Jordan. You can drive. That is that the car. seven up car? Yeah. yeah, sorry, the seven up car. You can go, you can drive yeah, that. Can you imagine 20 years' time? We're sitting there playing the F1 game. Mick Schumacher has had a great career. You've got the Mick Schumacher edition of the game, and you're pulling out the 2021 Hass. <laughs> yeah, but I think personally, like, like, like we just said, it's the, the whole reason for the sponsorship is obviously for uh, to get like the Mazepin thing and all that sort of stuff. But I, I, I don't think it's going to matter what his what what his livery is i think his talent is going to outshow him and then and we're not going to care about livery because i'll i'll be honest i quite like it i like the fact that it like it swoops down it looks kind of like eagle like like in. but i think he's going to be that successful that this livery is not going to make a difference and i'll be completely honest i don't think that magazine is going to make the season so all the cars have been on well by pre-season testing all the cars will have been unveiled the biggest issue with going into testing, though, is for a team with a Ferrari power unit, and it's Haas. They aren't going to be able to fit the engine into the car until pre-season testing. For me, that's the biggest story of pre-season testing, not about who's fastest or who has the reliability, which, of course, will be an issue. But I see Haas really could be up against it this season, and it worries me for Mick. They have already said that they are writing off this season largely to concentrate on the 20. Well, why don't they just write off Mazepin as well then? Yeah. <laughs> if we're writing off the season and the car, let's write him off as well. I think why not? this is going to be a really useful track for Ferrari to run a pre-season test because their big issue last season was their straight line speed. And Bonaro has been quite vocal in saying that they have found pre- uh, speed in the new engine. Got to leak some oil somewhere again, I guess. Yeah, so they've got two uh, good long straights to try and get that sorted. On that note, though, I am rather disappointed that they are using the GP layout for the pre-season testing. No, you get it means more from it. We get more from it, but it means that when we come to the first race on the GP layout, we're going to know what the order is. We're going to know what every car's fastest optimal lap time is. And it's going to be a, two weeks after they've all tested there. I don't think, we, I don't think anyone is going to give it 100%. I think no. if, you're going to make, if you were going to use this as a pre-season testing ground, you've got to remember it's going to be in the day. It's not going to be nighttime tests. I was going to say, are the tests running day and the night? Or is it run just... No, they'll be afternoon day, afternoon day ones, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, I think the test is going to be massive for McLaren because McLaren, it's their first time to see their new engine partnership in the car. New driver. And new a new driver. driver in Ricardo as well. Who who gets the car first, Lando or Daniel? I believe Daniel. they've decided it's Daniel. It's got to be Daniel. It's got to be Daniel. How much time do you, do you split it one and a half days each? I think you have to. Some of them are doing it one day driver, one day reserve driver, one day driver. I, I think they'll do that. On the, 
<laughs> no, IF1 testing. Uh, they're starting at 6.50 in the morning. Here. That's daytime. Yeah. Daytime. So, yeah, that's good. That's daytime running then. Daniel, did you say that they were running the testing over the weekend? Yeah, it's uh, a weekend test. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, March the 12th, 13th and 14th. So many people yeah. have got girlfriends to disappoint then on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I remember taking us back to the testing uh, a few years ago in Barcelona. I, I went. I, I was on holiday and I completely forgot that the race was even on. And then I had to disappoint oh, yeah. the family. I had to disappoint them by telling them that I was going for an excursion to Barcelona for two days. Did you go <laughs> to the pre-season testing or the race? I, I went to the race and then I went to the testing day after that. And I broke in to the Barcelona traffic <laughs> to Catalina. Um, and I got excluded out with some guy with a gun. It was great. <laughs> Phenomenal. Did you get to yeah. see any running before you were escorted out? I did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then they made me um, delete it off my phone before I could leave. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, I managed to jump over the wall at Silverstone once after a race. I took my camera with me and got everything. I got body checked at Spa by some big German bloke. I think <laughs> one of my all-time players tried to make the Tim and I had the joy of the Italians in Monza in 2017 when Lewis had won. Um, of course, we had the Monza <laughs> podium. And we were all, Tim and I were hanging around in a in a group of at least fifty Lewis oh. Hamilton fans, uh, waiting for Lewis to come out. We were told, "Oh, he's going to come out." We had uh, Toto came out, but we also had Italian um, security, security for the race who were not taking the result very well. <laughs> and um, what they were trying to do was move fifty people off of the uh, pit straight. Uh, and their way of doing this was getting a golf cart and some water bottles from a water cooler. And saying that it had to go through this crowd and couldn't go around <laughs> this crowd, which was already pressed up against the fence, waiting to see Lewis. Oh, uh, that was amazing. Um, I think my uh, one of my favourite memories of being on the track after Rare Race was Silverstone going onto the grid, and we saw the man running from Stowe towards the final corner at Club with the hundred meter pit board, hundred meter braking yeah. marker from Stowe above his head. I had one of them, <laughs> and they made me give it back. I had to give sure. it. Up. They wouldn't let me keep it. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Afterwards, and there's people walking away with Betsy everything. I had to give amazing. it back. I was absolutely devastated. You're paying three, four, five hundred quid for a race day. The least they could let you do is take souvenirs. On I've, that, I've, um, got the, um, I've got the confetti pinned to my notice board still from the uh, from the Monza podium. Uh, I have the I have the Kimi Riken and lanyards that I found that have been thrown from the pit wall. Anyway, testing. Back to testing. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be the surprises. Oh, surprise! So test, should we go? Should we go testing? Should we go? We'll do some testing predictions. We'll go for a safe prediction, a moderate prediction, shall we say? Uh, let's say like a surprise and one that's just utterly ridiculous okay, so Chris what's your safe prediction for right. pre-season testing Mercedes are going to run reliable and they're going to sit around 6th or 7th until the last day like they usually do and then they'll banzai one on the last day Dan uh, I think Mercedes are going to run solid as well but I think they're going to go more for uh, lap and I think they're going to be bothering with clones. I think they're going to want consistency on that engine uh, and those tire and that uh, the, the engine and tire combination to see to see how much running they can actually get out of it. Personally, 
I, I also, feel in the Bahrain was... heat on the first day, they're going to want to test the temperatures. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Mercedes. Yeah, my, my same prediction is uh, also Mercedes. I think they'll do the most. I think they'll do the most laps. Um, I don't think it'll be close. I, I reckon they'll be at least uh, 50, 60 laps ahead of the, the nearest car. Um, right. I'll go with mine then. I think the safe prediction is that Haas are going to do the least laps in testing because they will not be fitting their <laughs> engines got until no the engine. morning of the first test. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Chris, what's your what's your risky prediction? Matazapin being faster than Schumacher. Ooh, ooh! I, I, to be honest, I could see it happening. I could see Haas putting a little less fuel in that car, mm, just Give, giving it the old yeah. Ronnie Peterson treatment to uh, to Schumacher and making <laughs> them run slightly heavier <laughs> car. It's when it faces down a little bit. <laughs> what's your risky yeah. prediction, Dan? Uh, I think that Danny, Rick, and Lando are going to be top of the table. On the first and second day, I reckon. I, I'm also going along the lines of Mercedes power car being the fastest, but I think the fastest lap time, I think it's going to be set by Lance Stroll. I think Lance Stroll will set the fastest lap time in pre-season testing. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see it. I'm going to go with a fastest lap time across the whole of testing, but I'm not going for a Mercedes powered car. I think Fernando is going to have the fastest lap time in pre-season testing. And the reason I'm saying is... No, no, no. (laughs) The reason I'm saying this is because last year, on the last day of pre-season testing, they did a low-fuel run, and Daniel Ricciardo got the fastest time across all four days of last year's pre-season testing with a low-fuel run on the final day that was a lot quicker than what everyone else had done up until that point. And I think they will do the same thing. Ruined my prediction with physics and stats from last year <laughs> and I think that's what they I think they will do a low fuel run with Alonso on the last See, day to uh, my, 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 my theory behind mine was was that usually you did see the Force India or the Racing Point setting the uh, the most hot laps really that's why I feel it's going to go to Lance I think Lance is going to be the one who uh, sets that fastest lap time in testing of course it's testing it counts for nothing we know nothing about fuel loads People are going to be running with aero rates mostly probably day and a half. Fernando would be able to get it. I don't think he can run as hard as is going to be required with his jaw as the minute. Yeah, I think he's going to have to take it easy for the first couple of races. Yeah. Do you think he'll just do a day in testing, just the one day, split over two, split like two afternoons? I, yeah. Okay, I'll flip that to a Breno then because I haven't thought about the jaw. So finally, we'll, uh, we'll end the podcast with some ridiculous predictions for pre-season testing. Chris, what's your ridiculous prediction? My prediction is that pre-season testing is going to end alphabetically. Aston Martin, whoever comes after that. Alphabetical. <laughs> so 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 you're saying so you're saying that Alpha Romeo are going to be the fastest team. Alfa Romeo. Are they are they before Aston Martin? Yes. Yes. Is it Alfa Romeo? Followed by Alfa followed by Alfa Tori. Yeah, then Alpine. Alpine. Then Alpine. Followed, followed no. by Alpine. Alpine. No. And then it's and then it would it's Aston Martin in fourth. Yeah, it'll be Alfa <laughs> Romeo. Alpha Romeo first, yeah. yeah, followed by Alpine, followed by Alfa Tori. Then Alfa yeah. Tori. Then then Aston then fastest Aston Martin in fourth. Uh <laughs> Damn it, this I is with that. I thought Aston Martin. Then half. So you're saying Haas are going to be the fifth fastest team? <laughs> uh, no, Ferrari. No, Ferrari. Ferrari. 
Start oh, again. Yeah. All we're proving here is that we don't know the alphabet. <laughs> Start again. Let's go. Let's go. I told you, it's because Chris still thinks that they're called. Oh, what were they called again now? Yeah, sorry, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot what they were called. Let's go. Let's it. go. All right, Dan, what's your uh, what's have to really mess up with that one, but we can do that in the next podcast. Yeah, we didn't want <laughs> to tackle like, that. It's going to be a recurring theme of That's this it. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We've had the discussion before this. <laughs> All right. Right. Uh, like a ridiculous prediction? Yeah, Tim, you want to do yours first? Yeah, go for it. My ridiculous prediction is that there is a COVID outbreak within the F1 paddock and that pre-season testing doesn't finish and the allotted time schedules. Oh, so they've all got a quarantine so they can't go to the race. Oh, that could happen. So so there is a reason that I have done that prediction, as there have been to most of my predictions. The the entire F1 paddock was offered vaccinations by the Bahraini government as part of their pre-season testing and race week. They offered to vaccinate all media members, all drivers and all team personnel and all F1 officials travelling to the race. And F1 said no. They said that they were prepared to wait for UK systems or Italian systems in the countries where it's not based in the UK. My ridiculous prediction, the Ferrari cars will be more reliable than the Mercedes-powered cars. That is pretty ridiculous. You No, hang on. You referenced a few of the breakdowns, but we have mentioned that all three Mercedes-powered cards have had to incorporate for extra cooling on top of previous years. Well, they'll so have the extra cooling. Pro- the Ferrari, the Ferrari engine is not even in one of the cars. That there's yeah, running. But, yeah, but if, yeah, but if that, yeah, but if that extra cooling is not sufficient, especially in the Bahraini heat of the first day, which are the daytime tests, then you could be looking at potential issues from the baby cars. Sure. Okay, I'll go for another one. I'll go for another outrage. Williams, Tashin Vettel will not spin. Without the spinellas having a go at us. That just about brings us to the end of uh, the first episode of the Rich Energy Formula One Fans UK podcast. Uh, <laughs> Love it. A bit of branding. It's uh, No, it's not the Rich Energy for, uh, Formula One Fans UK. It's just the Formula One Fans UK Sorry. podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us today. Um, if you want to find out more about us, you can uh, find us on Facebook as Formula One Fans UK and on both Twitter and Instagram. We are at Formula One Fans UK. That's with the number one. <laughs> Until next time, thank you very much for listening. Uh, enjoy, the, enjoy testing. <laughs>